Welcome into another episode of the Five Foot Nothing, Hundred Nothing podcast. I am your host, and I am Five Foot Nothing, Hundred Nothing. All right, guys, this is technically another winner's edition, the eleventh winner's edition of the Five Foot Nothing, Hundred Nothing podcast. But we're not even going to be talking about that. We're not. Okay, episode 42 was supposed to be Notre Dame versus Stanford. Oh, by the way, watch me for the changes, and please, please try to keep up. That's that's the goal for today's episode. <clears throat> However long I go on about this. Because as I put on Twitter, I do have stuff i got to get done, but I, this is part of the getting done. I'm doing it first thing in the morning. Let's go. But episode 42 is supposed to be Notre Dame versus Stanford. But it turns out it's Notre Dame versus itself. We, It's literally Notre Dame versus itself. How we're going to manage this or not manage it is, is a better way to state it. If we don't hear Marcus Freeman as the head coach by today, we got problems. But, but real quick, we beat Stanford 45-14. It was awesome. We looked great. It, there were some things that weren't perfect, but, you know, whatever. We won. It was fun. <clears throat> we did drinks. We, we all had fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Woohoo. And then, fucking, it, this is the, at Joe, Faithful Irish. This is the anti-Faithful Irish show. Notes. No notes. Fuck the notes. Fuck spreadsheets. Fuck all that shit. This is just... Let's talk about it, all right? Um, a lot of you were on the other night when this news broke, uh, Monday night. Uh, late, we had a, a, a Twitter space uh, kind of run by the Four Horsemen podcast. Shout out to those guys. And they invited me to jump on there and kind of give some uh, thoughts. And it's funny how my thoughts have changed in the just two days' time with regards to Brian Kelly. All right. First, I'll, I'll be nice. He's brought this program to a place that we hadn't been in years. You could argue we haven't been there since 1988. You could say 93. You, you know, the point is it's been a long fucking time. How many coaches did we run through between Holtz and Kelly? You know, he's brought us to a place where we're right there. We're right there. It's this is so different than any other time where the Notre Dame job has been vacant in recent history. And we can't screw this up. And and the thing is, you know, Brian, the Brian Kelly that's leaving Notre Dame is not the same Brian Kelly that arrived. 
He's done a lot of things differently. But he's put us in a place where we're right there. We might even make the college football playoff this year. And fuck nuts is gone because that's what he does. Uh, I'm I'm gonna go on a I'm gonna change my tone with regards to Brian Kelly here as this progresses because I've got some thoughts. Um, he's put us in a place where we felt we're right there, and then we've got these incoming recruiting classes. Hopefully, that are still going to be and I don't know how many recruiting gurus I have listening right now, but you know. Find me on Twitter at Five Foot Nothing Pod. Correct me if I'm wrong. These would be the best back-to-back recruiting classes in Notre Dame history, if not so individually. You could argue that individually, as it stands, the 22 class by itself and the 23 class by itself could be the best Notre Dame's ever had. But put them together, back-to-back years. I mean it. Tell me that that's not the best recruiting classes we've ever had since they've been tracking recruiting. And I I don't I get the the money. I mean, I get it. But I just my initial thought was I'm not mad Brian Kelly's leaving. I'm mad about the situation, like I don't love it, but I don't hate it either. Um because let's be real, Brian Kelly has left a lot of shit to be desired, okay? He doesn't have a high-energy approach to anything, okay? How many times have we heard, you know, it's business trip, business as usual, you know, all that kind of horse horse crap. And then we show up flat in big games because there's something with his motivation techniques or lack thereof, you know? And then the Alabama game, we love, let's be real, guys. We love talking about, oh, we played... Alabama closer than Ohio State did. But who gives a fuck if we played... Like, honestly, at the end of the day, who cares that we played them closer? It's fun to use. And it's factual, yes. And all that good stuff. But if we're thinking... Go back to that game. Go back to January. The Rose Bowl. We played not to lose. We weren't playing to win. We were playing to keep it fucking close. And, like... That's what I mean. There's some shit... The, the approach Brian Kelly takes that I'm not a fan of. Um, but there are things that I do appreciate, you know. But, it, it you know, I've never been a, a Brian Kelly supporter in the sense of like, oh, what what are we going to do now that he's gone? It It's not that feeling at all. You know, even the, the Clemson playoff game, that one, we did compete. Then Julian Love went down. Some things didn't go our way. And then it looked like we stopped competing. We, we tried to keep it close. Like, uh, that's not winning fucking football. You play to win the game. You don't play not to lose. And there's a guy on our staff that I feel like plays, plays to win the fucking game. And that's Marcus Freeman. We need to get him signed, announced, all that shit because... I feel like the longer it takes, the more questions are going to pop in that recruits' heads about what should I do about Notre Dame? What's going on there? You know? And uh, it was just getting progressively worse. Like, if you listen to enough podcasts, it, every recruit and every coach was leaving. 
Brian Kelly was taking the whole staff, and recruits were going to start bailing and this and that. And if, if he takes Tommy Reese, <clears throat> okay. I'm sorry. Not sold. I think if you guys listening, <laughs> you know my feeling on Tommy Reese. He can take his fucking bingo card all the way to Baton Rouge. Okay? And I wouldn't be shocked if they start throwing beer bottles at the fucking press box when they see some ridiculous play calls that make zero goddamn sense just because he had to check a box off a fucking list. Because that's the only explanation for some of the play calls we see on Saturdays. So, Tommy Reese, if you're gone, I'm not not too upset about it. You and Brian Kelly come from the same mold. Not aggressive, ho-hum, business as usual, no fireworks, everybody pick up your sparklers at the door. I'm not here for that. I, I don't I don't care. We need to keep Freeman, we need to keep Elston, and we, we got Bayless. That was huge. That was a guy that I didn't even, didn't even think about how important he was to keep. And if you've been following this program, you know the dramatic change that we've made as a team has a lot to do with our strength and conditioning coach. So keeping that dude around was a big deal. And we've got him. Now we got to keep Freeman. You know, uh, I just have so many thoughts. You know, there's so many names out there. But I don't even want to, like Matt Campbell. Fuck Matt Campbell. If your goal is to be the, the most together team in the history of Iowa State, cool. Go make a banner that says the 2021 Iowa State Cyclones are the most together team in NCAA history. Good for you. Your goal is not to win Big 12 championships. Cool? I don't understand. Your goal is... It, I say that to, to Mike. I coach Coach Pitch Baseball. Six, seven, and eight-year-olds. Our goal is not to win trophies and everything. They're six, seven, and eight-years old. My goal and their goal should be to be better at season's end than when they started. Hitting the ball more consistently. Making better throws. You know, stopping balls hit their way. Because they're six, seven, and eight-year-olds. Kids. When we get, when my son gets to middle school, you know, we're talking 11, 12, 13 years old. Yeah, maybe we can adjust the, 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 the goal to be winning, winning at tournaments and winning trophies and whatever. But uh, Matt Campbell's talking like he's coaching fucking kindergartners. Our goal is to be the most together team. I don't want that bullshit on my sidelines. Have a good one. And Luke Fickle. You bring Luke Fickle in, you're guaranteed to lose Freeman. Why would Freeman and him work together? Cool. That seems like, oh, that's wonderful, right? Except Freeman wants to be a head coach. So why would he stick around with Luke Fickle who's only 48 years old? He's not like he's, oh, I don't know, 60? Like Brian Kelly? Well, I don't know what he's trying to restart. We thought for sure, like, boom, he's going to end his coaching career at Notre Dame he's going into his 60s maybe he'll win a national championship here but clearly that's not happening because he's not here anymore so fuck him let's and you keep seeing it all over Twitter you keep seeing it how awesome would it be if Notre Dame made the playoff and won a playoff game without the piece of shit Brian Kelly on the sidelines and I'm calling him a piece of shit. Let's just get to it. Have you guys seen what this month... See, I didn't have a problem with Brian Kelly. I, I 
there were some things that could have been better, but in totality, overall, cool, man. You you had a lightning in a bottle in 2012. That was a little bit of smoke and mirrors. You took it for granted, like I think some of us did. And then all of a sudden, it kind of fell apart on you in 2016. But you stepped up. You made dramatic changes in everything. And since then, five consecutive 10-win seasons. I mean, that's fantastic. But what we learned over the past few days is that this, and, and I'm saying this as an Notre fan, but he, this was just a job to him. And I know we're fans, so it's different. We it, Our emotions are in it. I mean, my dad's a graduate. I've been to the campus 15 times. I've seen 20-something Notre Dame games. Like, it, this, he didn't grow up bleeding blue and gold like a lot of us. I get that. But I really felt that this dude had a genuine connection with this university and all the things he was doing was for the greater good of the university as a whole and for Notre Dame football as a whole little did we know it was all just whatever gets Brian Kelly to the next it was a completely selfish act he put on so you think back to everything he's ever fucking said in front of a microphone it was all bullshit it was all just, it was an act. It was a character that he had to play. It was There was no genuine bone in his body. And that just all, it makes sense. Motherfucker was in a recruit's house while this shit was being announced. Like, the fuck? What's wrong with you? Like, that's just nuts. But... He goes and tells these players who have busted their fucking ass to get to 11 wins. Some of them to help him get his, what, 53 wins? Is that what the number was over the five years? Or 54? It don't matter. The, the seniors. the Like, this team has, has done it. He's on the fucking sidelines. And we're going to talk about how important the fact that he's not on the field on the sidelines here in a second. Keep up, keep up with me, guys. I'm, I'm gonna get places. I promise. <laughs> but this fucker is calling, telling these players who have busted their ass, "Hey, come seven in the morning, and I'll come talk to you." Oh, sorry that it came out via, via social media. Are you fucking stupid? Are we supposed to believe that you didn't know in today's? Day and age. I don't care how fucking old you are. You are entrenched in college football and surrounded by 18 to 22-year-old kids every single day of your life. You're trying to tell me that you had no idea that this shit was going to leak faster than you could turn on a goddamn faucet and get out to social media and be announced. Like, what? No. That was the first step of, wait a second, Brian Kelly, you're full of shit. There's no way you thought... That this was not going to get out on social media before you had a chance to do your part. So then you, like, the typical political move, you know, the apology where it's not really an apology. It's more of a sorry you found out. I'm not really sorry I did it. I'm sorry you found out about it. That type of thing. And it's some bullshit text, email, whatever. And 
trying to be nice. But then, then he doubles down on his fucking bullshit with the speech he gave to the kids that apparently lasted very little time. Uh, And he didn't even give them a chance to respond or whatever. But I just want to focus on one thing, okay? He said, and I quote, so, he said, many times people look in for a reason to blame and there was, or there was something. There was nothing here but first class and everything that Notre Dame has done for me and my family. I saw my time here as a blessing, working with incredible men on a day-to-day basis. This motherfucker said everything about Notre Dame was class. They, what they did for his family was class while simultaneously doing the most classist thing you can fucking do. And if if the any player brought a, a little you know little speaker, <clears throat> a little portable speaker, it would have been nice. Uh, so as soon as I read that, my first thought was this fucking guy. Like I would have stood up as a team and be like. Fuck you. Like, we're we're really supposed to believe all the bullshit you're saying right now when you're leaving us high and dry when we're about to go to a playoff because the early recruiting period or whatever, whatever the story is, all the millions and millions of dollars, you're bailing on us after we had to fight through the, the bumps and bruises at the beginning of the season where it didn't look promising after the bye week, we got our shit straightened out. We look like a completely different team, a better team, arguably a top four team, which he said, which obviously you can't believe. If you believe you're a top four team, why the fuck would you leave if you have a chance to go to the playoff and actually win something worth a fuck? Instead, if you go to a, a under five, are they under 500? Or they get to 500 LSU? I can't remember because they fucking suck. But nonetheless, when I first read this, I, there, one thing popped in my head, and it's a song. And it might predate every single Notre Dame player, and that's fine. I think it was a, an early 2000s song. They, they were kids. But, uh, real quick, if you have kids or young ears around, maybe skip over the next minute and four seconds. But, I guess I should put it out there, listener discretion is advised. This is the only way... I could really completely, uh, what word am I looking for? I, I, I don't even know how to just, Brian Kelly, here's the exit song that you need to just take in and fucking enjoy the fucking fuck hey, out of it. It's time to use the F word. Fuck you the most, living in a rusty hole or a splintery post. Yeah, fuck you the 
Fuck you, Brian Kelly. Ah! That song used to be reserved for my ex-wife. But we've added people to the list. And I didn't feel that way until last night. I didn't start feeling that way till last night when just more and more stuff was coming out about this dude. And just... And then you saw the picture of him talking to the LSU players. They could give two fucks. Who the fuck is this guy in front of me? Did he or did he not just bail on a team? Like, so what's next? Uh, Alabama opens up and then we're going to go to Alabama? Like, what's the next step? Or is he going to die first because he's fucking 60? And on top of that, is there anything more not LSU in South than Brian Kelly? I mean, Brian Kelly going to LSU is like taking a Mormon to a rave. It doesn't work. Uh, it's going to be interesting. Because his business as usual, business trip, whatever, that doesn't fly in LSU land. I went to the 2007 Sugar Bowl where LSU beat us 41-14. to 14. We were embarrassed by Jamarcus Russell and whoever else. I don't remember the rest of the team. But we were embarrassed in New Orleans by LSU. <clears throat> LSU fans are the worst people on the fucking planet. Like, you're winning 41 to 14, yet you're still talking shit. It was the weirdest thing ever. Like, the game's over. Like, we get it. You destroyed us. Like, we can't say anything back. And they just go and go and go and go and go and go and go. They're they're relentless. They're they're not smart. They're not intelligent people. Um so I, Brian Kelly is in for a very, very rude awakening when his little bullshit approach at Notre Dame uh, gets found out at LSU. Because, again, until a few days ago, I didn't think it was bullshit. I thought it was great. I thought he figured it out. We're on the right path. We're on the right trajectory. Everything's looking up. And then uh, he pulls out the trap door from underneath us and then uh, just spews a lot of nonsense to players. Um, to, I mean, a week ago, a fairy godmother. Well, apparently a fairy godmother came over and sucked his dick and he got a million, or hold a million, a <laughs> hundred million reasons to leave Notre Dame high and dry. It's just the timing of it sucks. And that was my only thing. The timing of it sucked. The fact that Brian Kelly left, if he left after the season or whatever, I mean, I just don't care for the position he left the Notre Dame football team in with what we have accomplished and the things that we're looking up. Um, I just don't get it. I don't understand it. So, yeah, fuck everything, but fuck you the most. Like, uh, it's very crazy time right now. So, now that I got my, I'm no longer any type of fan of Brian Kelly's, uh, what's next? What is next? I, it's got to be Marcus Freeman, guys. It's got to be. Um, as Steve on the Four Horsemen podcast pointed out when we were doing our Twitter space, you'd rather be too early 
in hiring Marcus Freeman than too late. Because if you're too late, that means you didn't get him and you missed out. And, you know, I know I'm 37, but I know FOMO's a thing, fear of missing out. And I feel like Marcus Freeman is that type of guy. You don't want to miss out on that guy. It's just, this is so different, okay, guys? This is so different. I know history says, and especially in Notre Dame coaching history, no head coaching experience doesn't work out. Promoting from within doesn't work out. But I think we can all agree this Freeman thing feels, looks, just sounds different. And especially when you look at what the recruiting has done since he arrived on campus. I don't care what people, well, the head coach, he gets the credit because it's the head coach. But you, Brian Kelly was there for 12 years. Some of those guys were there for multiple years. The only difference that you can uh, attribute to the freaking launch and recruiting from top 10-ish, you know, like barely top 10, top 15, all the way to top 5, was was Marcus Freeman. That was the difference. Everything else was the same, except Marcus Freeman shows up, all of a sudden, boom, recruiting's through the roof. Losing that guy might cost us some of those recruits. And if we've learned anything, recruiting matters. Obviously, but you got to coach him. I mean, you can't, even though you get five stars, uh, Jordan Johnson, doesn't mean they're going to always work out. Also, I don't think, does he still have zero catches at UCF? I hope he does. Just to kind of, I guess, prove that it wasn't Notre Dame's problem. But then you get guys like Phil Dracovic, who he's balling out with Boston College. So just because you get the guys here, you still have to do your part. I mean, getting them to commit and sign is is half the battle. But it is an important piece of the battle. And losing Freeman, which I believe is a pretty much foregone conclusion if you hire anybody except Marcus Freeman, the chances of losing those recruits are great. And more importantly... The hiring from within in the past, whether it have been uh, a former alumni in Charlie Weiss or just flat out promoting from within with Bob Davey, you know, this program was not in the place it is right now. Like You want to keep this train moving in the right direction with someone who has been part of the movement. So Marcus Freeman is that guy. Because Luke Fickle, who I guess is the next best thing, it's it's a whole new, it's a whole new thing, it's a whole new system. It, he does things differently, and it it changes everything. I just, it has to be Freeman right now, because everything says this guy can do the job, everything points to it, and the last thing you want is you bring in Fickle or whoever. I've seen so many fucking names mentioned, like Pat Fitzgerald. That name get, got brought up more than once on multiple different uh, platforms. Uh, what? Pat Fitzgerald. I'm sorry. I'm, I understand the similarities in the, the in, admittance to... Northwestern and Notre Dame 
But what uh, there is no connection to is the the on-field success. Northwestern has their moments, but let's let's slow down that role. And then David Shaw, because Notre Dame Stanford again with the academics and the what you need to get admitted into the school. Like okay, but have you not seen what Stanford has become? That's what we want. How about the guy who has completely rocket launched our recruiting to a top five class? As I mentioned, probably the best back to back recruiting classes in the history of Notre Dame football, who has clearly figured out our defense. I know it didn't look pretty in the beginning. Florida State, Toledo, I I get it. But I said at that time, go back to game one. I said, what's the bigger story? Notre Dame's defense or Jack Cohen throwing for 366? Everybody said it's the defense. I'm like, no, it's not. It's Jack Cohn. Because we need him to do that every game. Like, we need him to look like that. The defense is going to figure their shit out. And wouldn't you know it, they did. Because Marcus Freeman was trying to figure out what he's got. Practice only does so much. He had to figure out what these guys do in game situations. And he's played with the defense and toyed with it. And guess what? At the end of the year, we're giving up less than 20 points per game. And I'm sure you guys saw this. There are only two teams in the last, I think it was five years or four years. I think Ashton Pollard. I think that's who that is. She put it out there. I think it was four or five years. The last four or five years, there are only two teams that have averaged more than 30 points per game on offense and given up less than 20 points per game on defense. And those two teams are Alabama and Notre Dame. Now, I realize there are two very different things after that part of it. (laughs) lack of trophies in the trophy case being the big one but that was Marcus Freeman kept that going you know uh, when Elko started it then Clark Lee continued it and Freeman's keeping it going keep that in house keep that dude here we got to we got to like I I know I'm being definitive about this, and uh, maybe it sounds like I'm being too simplistic, but the difference in where Notre Dame is right now and getting to where we want to be, I think it falls on recruiting to start. And if we lose the recruits, you're taking a step backwards. That was my main message. I put it on Twitter. We are too close to uh, to take a step backwards. We cannot afford to take a step back in any way. New coaching uh, philosophies, new it, it, any of that stuff. You have to kind of keep the things that have worked, identify who has made them work, and keep them around. And if one of them needs to become the head coach, then do it. You know, Elston on the D-line. Our D line has been phenomenal in late as a like how many years in a row now. Mike Elston has everything to do with that. Maybe make him the defensive coordinator. Keep him around. Give him a promotion. Let him, you know, he's earned it. You know, obviously Bayless with the strength and conditioning kept him around. You know, you, you look at what's what we've been successful with and who has been a part of it. Keep those guys around. 
But I will not be too butthurt if Tommy Reese bounces with Brian Kelly. Um, I'm willing to see if there's another offensive coordinator that can provide some kind of fireworks. And when we do get the fireworks going, don't throw a wet blanket on them. Because that was my thing about Reese. I, I said it how many times this year. And if you don't agree, I apologize. But you can't tell me that our offense didn't randomly just stop being effective and it seemed to trickle down to the play calling. You know, we're moving the ball, we're moving the ball, up-tempo, fast-paced, boom, 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 and then all of a sudden slow down, huddle up, under center, slow developing plays. It's like, what are you doing? I don't understand. So I... I could do without that headache. I mean, I don't need that. It's like I don't need Brian Kelly pulling this bullshit the week of my wedding. Selfish motherfucker. That's another reason. That's another reason. Fuck you, Brian Kelly, with his splintery post and just all of it. Like, dude, <laughs> I thought I could just do like a quick Tuesday. That was my plan Tuesday. Um, quick little, hey, Notre Dame beat Stanford. Some things weren't perfect. But we won. It was dominant. We looked great. We covered the spread. I won the bet. Da 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 da. And that was fun. Let's stick around. Let's wait around and see where we go. Did we make the playoff? Did we not? Where we at? All that. But no, 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 no. We're gonna have the hap hap happiest Christmas since Big Crosby tap dance with Danny fucking K. That was another one. Somebody quoted uh, Christmas Vacation. Yeah. I, if if you do if you, if you have any last minute Christmas ideas, I've got one. You know, <laughs> I like Brian Kelly right here tonight. I want him brought from his happy holiday slumber over there, Melody Lane, with all the other rich people. I want him brought right here with a big ribbon on his head. I want him looking straight in the eye. I want to tell him what a cheap, lying, no good, rotten, four flushing, low life, snake licking, dirt eating, inbred, overstuffed, ignorant, blood sucking, dog kissing, brainless, dickless, hopeless, heartless, fat-ass, bug-eyed, stiff-legged, spider-man, worm-headed, sack of monkey shit he is! Hallelujah! Holy shit! Where's the Tylenol? Yeah, not a Brian Kelly fan, guys. I'm over it. <laughs> Done with him. So, uh, yeah, if you can get Brian Kelly to Corpus Christi, Texas... Lemon now. Uh, I I could have some fun with that, but I I don't know what else I could say. Um, it's Wednesday morning. I'm hoping by Wednesday afternoon, it's Marcus Freeman that is our head coach. Um, and we can you know talk about that and move forward with. A very, very bright future. You know, and oh, and real quick. Um Notre stayed at number six in the college football playoff, which I don't think it matters. Like I, I didn't even that's crazy. The college football playoff got announced and I didn't see anything about it because who cares? Like we have bigger things than where some bullshit Oh I'm sorry, I, I'm I'm missing something and I need to talk about. But real quick, let me finish that thought. Uh, the fact that we're six and Oklahoma State jumped us doesn't matter because if Oklahoma State wins this weekend, they were jumping us anyway. You know what I'm saying? Like whether they were, we were five and they were six, and they're five, we're six. 
it's irrelevant because if they win, they were going to be in front of us regardless. They have to lose, and Georgia needs to beat Bama by a significant amount, and I think Notre Dame's in. Um, if Cincinnati loses, that should be interesting. Um, it wouldn't surprise me based on the r- just randomness and unclear answers and whatnot that the committee provides. It wouldn't shock me if Notre Dame leapfrogged Cincinnati, but I can't sit here and say that I support that. If it happens, obviously we're going to take it. Not stupid, but um, I, from a personal, from Michael Palkovich's five foot nothing personal feeling is I can't be okay with that because if I'm okay with Notre Dame leapfrogging Cincinnati when we both have the same record. I can't also be mad about 1993, that those two can't exist together. You can't be mad that Notre Dame didn't win the national championship in 1993 when we had the same record as Florida State, but we beat Florida State. Then also be like, well, we should definitely be in front of Cincinnati. It doesn't work that way. They beat us, and we, we have to accept it. But the fact that Notre Dame's six and Oklahoma State's five is irrelevant because Oklahoma State has to lose regardless for us to move in front of them. And um, I think if Bama loses convincingly, like they should have lost last weekend to fucking Auburn with a quarterback with one leg. Did you guys watch that game? Dude, could barely walk. Yeah, I didn't give you any college football uh, whatever because who cares? Again, like this this, this whole episode is Notre Dame versus itself. Um, but yeah, we'll see. Hopefully, uh, well, um, drinking and dancing and whatever else on a Saturday. There's great things happening on the college football landscape that involve Alabama losing and Oklahoma State losing. Or, I'm trying to think, who else? Michigan. I guess it's possible Michigan lose to Iowa if Iowa's defense shows up with their four turnovers a game, which is the only reason they ever got to number two themselves. So we'll see. But um, what I was missing was the committee has a new angle to fit their narrative and their bullshit. It's also, this is Notre Dame versus itself and a bunch of bullshit. I I do have the explicit tag on my podcast because I've said bullshit a lot of times this episode. And I had a minute and four song second entitled Another Fuck You Song. So, but... How are you going to come out and say that the the fact that the coach isn't there will play a role in what they do and where they seed people? Are you fucking kidding me? Are you serious right now? Like, the, a guy who is not on the field doing anything, he's not throwing passes, he's not uh, breaking tackles like Kyron Williams... He's not sacking the quarterback like Isaiah Vosky. He's not making interceptions. I'd say like Kyle Hamilton, but we don't know what his story is. But uh, DJ Brown has a couple. Jack Kaiser has two pick sixes. None of those. Uh, I have I said Brian Kelly's name in any of those um, events? I have not. So how are you going to utilize the idea that because the coach isn't there, well, that changes where we want to slot a certain team. Get the fuck out of here. That is the... Most, 
It was a back to the Christmas. That's the most low life, four flushing, dick legged, spotted lip. Pe- That's ridiculous, guys. That is so. That is so stupid. I've had a few people uh, agree with me and us. You know, uh, my buddy. You know, Casey. And I should have let off the whole episode with this fucking guy, because Casey always tells me any great story. Always starts out with this fucking guy. But, you know, there's so many people that read that and they're on our side. Like, wait a second. Because their coach bailed on them? Now, you, now you're going you're gonna to punish the players for this too? Get the fuck out of here. Every week it's something new. Man, the Michigan-Michigan State thing. Well, put aside watching the games. Don't watch the football games. Look at statistics. Then it was, you know, with with Cincinnati. You know, clearly they were using history to decide where they wanted to slot the top four. So, well, Cincinnati, you don't have a storied history, so therefore you can't be in the top four until you had no other choice but to put them in the top four. It's, the no coach thing is not okay with that. Not okay with that. Um, so... I I don't know I don't know what's next I don't know what the next bullshit answer we're gonna get we won't hear it from Brian Kelly so there's that at least we we know now that a lot of the stuff he said into a microphone was pure nonsense except for maybe he wanted the fairy godmother to bring him two hundred fifty million dollars he got close I suppose and the fairy godmother is in fact LSU. Oh, I can't wait for him to struggle and the LSU fans. Like, we we thought, what well, was it? Who was it? Uh, that threw like mustard and bottles and golf balls at Lane, Tennessee. You thought that that was there because obviously he fucked over Tennessee. Um, but LSU fans will throw it at their head coach just because he sucks. And it'll be interesting. But um, I can understand why Cincinnati fans are not fans of Brian Kelly now. I get it. I get it. Like, he did it. Now, granted, he got Notre Dame to two college football playoff appearances, but he brought Cincinnati to where they wanted to get. At the time, it was the BCS. Like, we need to get to a BCS game. We need to get to a BCS game. They get to a BCS game, and fucker don't even coach it because he bounced for Notre Dame. Now... We want to get to it. We got to win a national championship. We got to win a national championship. We got to get to the playoff to do it. We got to get to the playoff to do it. We have a very, very good chance of making the playoff, and he's not going to be there to coach it. So, how perfect would it be for Marcus Freeman to come in? Please, God, make him the coach. Come in and win the damn thing. That seems unlikely, but the it would be just sweet, sweet, sweet wine if Freeman can win one of those games. And Kelly couldn't do it at all. So. Uh, we'll see. And. I don't know. I, I got nothing else. If you want to reach out to me, feel free. I said I got shit to do today. Uh, I will be checking my phone as frequently as possible. But. DM me at five for nothing pod. Email me five for nothing pod at gmail.com. Uh, you know, I like to interact. 
And thank you all for all the follows and listens. I do appreciate it. This is me having fun, guys. <clears throat> I'm a Notre Dame fan all, all day, every day. Just having fun and living my life. But that is all I've got. So the next time you will speak to me, I will be officially attached to a ball and chain. No, uh, I'll be married, happily married, uh, and it's going to be a great time. And hopefully we announce Marcus Freeman, so next time I talk, we can discuss that. And it'll be happy things. And not, you know, fuck you and fuck you the most, Brian Kelly. That's what we don't want. We don't want, we're done with that. It's over. It's done. It happened. And time to look forward. Jack Swarbrick, get her done. So, and the next step is where we play in our bowl game. We shall see. Thank you all for listening. Until next time, go Irish and five foot nothing, hundred nothing, outs.